Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. Welcome back to another episode of the In The Points podcast. I am your host, Matt Dottiel, and we are joined, as always, with the fastest-growing Formula One podcast in the world, the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One, joined as my co-host, Sam DRS Russell. Sam, welcome back to the podcast this week, bro. It is so good to be back, Matt. Um, We've got so much to talk about, a lot of drama. Finally, um, I cannot wait to dive in. Yeah, it's going to be great. Jetta was drama, action-packed, all over the board, top to bottom, front to the back of the grid. Um, speaking of somebody who's never in the back of the grid, Stefano, the Texpert, our other co-host, co-host, Stefano Sedano. Welcome back, brother. Hell yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. Well, because that's what sounds like the Red Bull drivers are going to start doing as the season progresses. Let's get into it, guys. Yeah, we've got a bunch of topics um, for today. I mean, first off, guys, like there's so much to talk about. Jetta recap today. We're you know we're we're coming back following the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Uh, Sam, no Aramco facility issues this year. That was kind of nice to see. I mean, oil is such a premium these days. So shocking, kinda- yeah, shocking, Matt. I thought for sure we were going to get some sort of bombing or like, you know. Terrorist attack, something I don't know. Um, but like our own country protest, yeah, yeah, like something. But we didn't, and um, it went off without a hitch. It was actually great. Yeah, no drivers were held hostage at the airport in WWE style. Um, you know, it was all in all a pretty pretty solid weekend. Um, but you know, I mean, today we got so many topics. Where do you even start to choose from? Um, I think I'm going to start off with my recurring. It's turned into my recurring question for you guys. Um, Ferrari, is it time to hit the panic button? If you're a Ferrari or be a Ferrari fan, I mean, Sam, 
We're going to start with Stefano first. I just want to say, like, first race that they were clean, the last race before that, Chuck had a reliability issue. They were clearly the fourth fastest car in the grid. Um, and what was up with, with Javi and not giving Chuck the right message at the right time in the safety car, in the most low-risk thing? I mean, guys, like, Ferrari has fallen off of a cliff from a year ago. Stefano, you got to give us your take. Like, what's going on with Ferrari? I mentioned this to you guys like a couple days ago. I think it was during the race. I was texting you guys. I was like, they just seem to be taking things way too conservatively. You know, last year they dropped off the uh, driver's championship and constructor's championship in quite shambolic fashion with a lot of self-inflicted wounds. So I think there's like a lot of PTSD in the Ferrari camp from last season and I think they're so focused on not like shooting themselves in the foot that they're just like laying down and letting uh, other teams just drive right past them. Um, you know, like, you, literally you know, drive right past them. Yeah. You mentioned uh, uh, the the miscommunication between Javi and, and Chuck. I think the real issue here was putting both uh, Leclerc and Science on hard compound tires. Meanwhile, uh lewis hamilton was complaining that there was no pace on those tires meanwhile and then and then ferrari decides to put both of their drivers on them it's it's Stefano spot on stefano spot on they're they're driving like pussies and they're driving like they know they can't compete with red bull um so yeah matt to answer your question i've pressed the panic button ferrari i they've got no shot like i've i have way more faith that mercedes is going to make this of of a fight than I do Ferrari. Like they're, they were so uncompetitive during the rate this past race. It was, it was that was the biggest surprise of the whole day for me. I mean, it was it was crazy how uncompetitive they were. And Stefano's right. The decision to start on hard tires. No, they was, they pitted for hard tires. They started science on mediums, I think, and started. No, it was, chuck, you're right. It was it was Lewis on soft. Soft. Yeah, we were we were stunned that they yeah. pitted signs ahead of yeah. Chuck. And then they pitted Chuck, and then they got unlucky with the safety car. Um, guys, you know, not to be that guy, <clears throat> seriously, you know that I'm never one to rub my takes into anyone else's face, ever. Like, I never do that. So I'm going to have to take a very rare moment. Preseason predictions, I said that Ferrari was going to be fourth fastest on the grid, and they weren't even going to be in the top three. Do you guys do you guys remember what you said? Call me crazy. You said, let's cut that clip and make sure we remember it. And here we are. I mean, Matt, we're two races, two races in. in. Let's, let's not take a victory But you just said you're pressing the panic button, Sam. Yeah, so but that but that doesn't mean that let's crown Aston Martin like the number two car in the grid. We don't have to. They already have. They've already done that. We're, they did that on the opening. two races race. the season. When Stroll. Yeah. And asked. Matt, let's not, let's not forget Aston Martin has some questions to answer. They have some reliability stuff going on. Stroll couldn't even finish the race, and Alonso uh, reportedly Alonso was having some trouble to, in the last third of the race as well, and he was managing a uh, car issue. So let's pump the brakes in Aston Martin. Look, good start to the season, but I'm not giving you a victory lap quite yet. Yeah, I mean, Matt. Also, uh, let's not forget that, that 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 uh, Leclerc qualified second before he had to take his grid penalty. You know what, Stefano? Very true. I gotta, I gotta say this. I am so sick and tired of the Ferrari qualifying pace being like the saving grace of that car. Sick. You're fast over one lap. How many poles did Chuck Leclerc have last year? And how many wins did he have from pole? The yeah, number is Matt. staggering. 
it, Matt, it's like enough. Enough with the, ah, oh, they're fast over one lap. I don't care. He got passed. They by don't Stewart. have the race pace to win a race unless they're on pole. So it's really they their can't only even win if they're on pole. I don't know. Chuck started on the second row last race. All right, on the Matt, front row I'll, last Matt, race I'll make a two. declaration right now. Charles Leclerc is going to win a race this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree <laughs> with you on that. But Damn, I'm just adding, saying, adding like, to the list. I don't care that they Chuck's have on fast the list. qualifying pace. I don't care. Max started 15th and he finished second. And Chuck started 12th and finished 7th or 6th with a, a stroll retirement. Like the whole, I'm not I, like, I, I'll admit that it's early in the season to crown myself that Ferrari is not going to finish in the top three. But like, I'm so, so sick of the, oh, they're so fast over one lap on qualifying. I don't care. I like, don't care anymore. Matt, like, who I'll, cares? Give, I'll, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. I kind of care, to be honest. Who cares? Oh, he got 12 poles last year and three race wins. Cool. He's, he's the only guy I, I, that's not in a Red Bull car that has any chance of taking it to max during a qualifier. Right now. No, I don't. Oh, I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. I think Alonzo. I think you get the right setup and the not right. Not even like, close. Yeah, no I think he's closer than Chuck. He's like five tenths off him. No, he's not. Yeah. How far was Alonzo? Chuck off? just Chuck, Chuck just out qualified him this past week. No, that's right. He was P two. I think he out qualified him in Bahrain too. Chuck Bye. is the king of qualifying. He's the king of qualifying. Yeah, I mean, you turn that engine up in qualifying and you turn it back down because you have reliability issues. Like, that sounds like a fun season. Like, happy P4 and the constructors. I don't know. I'm not saying that Ferrari car is any good. It, it does suck on an actual race day. There's no question about it. It's awful. I, I will mean, say, I hope, just... I hope this is an early season glitch and they can rectify these issues because I'd rather have this happen early in a very, very long season than... Uh, it's a back, very like, long season. You know what? If you follow in the points uh, on Instagram, there was a very interesting graphic that was posted today of at this point of the season last year, uh, Red Bull is in third place with the same amount of points that Mercedes has right now. So speaking of Mercedes, Sam, it's long season. Speaking yeah, I think Mercedes, the, I think you're right, Sam. I think the yeah, that's fine. The difference is Red Bull won the constructors from third place last year, and they have the fastest car in the grid. So. It's just a lot can change. 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 You're right. It's a, we've been saying it since our preseason predictions. It's the longest season. There's, what, five sprint races? There's 23 races on the circuit. It is a long, long, long season. I just think for Ferrari, it gets longer when you're taking a 10-place grid penalty because of a part change. And yeah, that's a joke. And you're losing five places to Max, who has a reliability issue in Q2 and doesn't even get to go and qualify. Like, see, here's the thing: this tough. is a, it's, this is two straight races where, well, where it was like, if Chuck doesn't have that penalty and say he qualifies second, and then maybe somehow finds himself in third or fourth, it's like, oh, that's like not that bad of a weekend for Ferrari. But it I think he would have finished third. The fact that they had reliability. They had to take the grid penalties. Like, it's just. It's just compounding, and they can't have a clean weekend. It's just – it sucks. Sam, I will say one thing about your team, Mercedes, because you talked about that graphic that uh, was shared on our uh, Instagram page, at in the points for those uh, listening. Uh, Mercedes currently have 38 points in the Constructors' Championship, and, like, you've heard the new – you've read news stories. You've heard sound bites about how, like, this is a disaster season for them. They were at the same point last year exact same number of points and they finished they finished well like 
don't get me wrong, there's um, a lot of improvement to be made with that car, but it's not like a disaster class like Toto and Lewis are making it out to seem. Look, if if I had to pick one team that has any chance of like fighting Red Bull at certain parts of the season, it has to be Mercedes because there's this concept change that's looming that's coming at Imola and they'll develop off that. And who knows? It, they could throw out a black Red Bull out there and we could be fighting yeah. in every race the whole second half of the season. So, And we're all high on Aston right now, but they're unproven as a competitor, not for necessarily race wins or pushing for a championship, but like just for finishing high up in, in the rankings at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, they have Fernando, but Lance Stroll has shown that he may not be at the level required to sort of match Fernando for uh, race finishes and things like that. You know, he makes some errors. He gives up positions a little bit too easily. So it is a little bit prudent to pump the brakes on Aston just slightly. Sorry, Matt. Pump the brakes, bud. I don't know. I mean, I didn't say that Aston Martin and Mercedes are going to go head to head and and that Aston Martin was going to win. I just I'm looking at looking at the stats and, you know, Aston Martin is tied with Mercedes for for <laughs> points in the constructors. They're currently second. Stroll overtook Chuck Leclerc while Chuck was on softs um, on the round the outside. Um Stroll started the season off with two double broken wrists and, you know, they've just got a faster car than Ferrari, like clear in a way. Uh, Fernando Alonso beat both Sainz and Chuck. He beat Sainz by 15 seconds and Chuck by 23 seconds this past weekend with a safety car halfway yeah, through I attribute I attribute that to Ferrari's poor choice of tire compounds doesn't matter it was with us doesn't who cares it was with a safety car there was all different types of teams on all different types of tires in that second stand yeah and you saw everybody on hards just their pace fell away uh not Max and they got not they, they also they also got screwed with the uh the timing of the safety car because I believe they had just pitted for hard they did just pit but doesn't yes and they did get screwed but it doesn't change the fact that they were off the pace of the the Mercedes of George Russell by 10 seconds and 18 seconds respectively and another four and 12 off of Lewis Hamilton with a safety car and Lewis went what was it 30 laps on mediums Lewis had a really really rough Lewis had a rough day didn't Chuck overtake Lewis not in the final standings of the result no yeah, but at one point in the race, he did overtake Lewis. Yeah, when he was on softs, he overtook Lewis Hamilton, correct. Yes. Yeah. So While Lewis was- started on the hard tire and everyone else was on mediums and Chuck was on soft and Chuck went into the pits. That kind of proves my point that those hards were useless and that it was really just down to the decision to put them both on hards. If they I, were think you're making, I think you're missing a, a pretty – we're going to move on because I think you're missing a pretty big thing here, which is the fact that they – got absolutely their doors blown in by Mercedes by like many seconds as 
did Aston Martin. And this stroll didn't have reliability issues and didn't have to stop the car, which, by the way, I want to talk about how BS that safety car was. Worst safety car that I've ever seen in all of F1. That car was perfectly off to the side. Should have just been a yellow flag in that sector. Dude, it, it was a dumb safety I car. Hate how friggin' subjective it all is. It's because so we've subjective. Seen, dude, we've seen way worse than that in cars in way more dangerous situations where they went virtual safety. It was insane. It shouldn't even have been a VSC, Sam. They pulled that car off to the side and out of harm's way. It was nowhere near anywhere where somebody could get injured on track. They didn't even have marshals out on the track. It could have been a yellow flag in that sector, and they could have just continued to race. It was an absolute BS safety car. And to your yeah, point, Sam, it's so subjective. Like, what is going on? And speaking of subjective, as we were talking about Fernando Alonso, what is with the FIA taking 30 laps to figure out whether or not he had a penalty infringement by them touching the jack and then in the office fashion snip snap snip snap they take the podium away and then they give it back to him like what are we doing it's like an embarrassment for fans of formula one dude it's something it's fia now is becoming like something new every single day it's 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 like it's something whether it's them banning uh drivers from driving their bikes around for the track walk which is a joke to doing something like this where the that penalty could have been given out 30 seconds after it happened literally 30 seconds if you were going to give it you could have given out 30 seconds later and it would have changed the trajectory of the race for both guys and then they realized how stupid it was they took so long and they screwed alonso by not giving it to him in the moment that they took it away it's like the thing is it It wasn't like it was against the rules it's so stupid because I called it in real time. I was like, he you did. You were all jack. over that. You yeah, I was like, he man. touched the car too early. And then even like, it was like very clear. And you know what? I don't hate the penalties that they gave out to Akon in the first. And I don't hate the fact that Alonzo got a penalty no. for lining up in the wrong grid box. I'm all for, if it's in the rules, penalize these guys. Like track limits are track limits. You don't get to just say like at this turn, it's not. No, it's track limits is track limits. Like, there are some rules I don't agree with. I don't think, and but they just cherry pick everything. I do want to so make annoying. a point. I do want to make a point about that. The whole serving your penalty during a pit stop thing. Oh, I didn't please. realize they're they are timing themselves there. Yes, and there's not, which is uh, to me that seems so nonsensical to not have some sort like of a referee. Like, Ex- hey, some, you think dude, be like a somebody, somebody, because that that's for you. Come on, I mean that is like, I don't know, it's crazy. I think it's just a, a dumb rule, and just you can like add it to the list of dumb rules, dumb decisions. Just it's t- dumb management of this whole league in general. I can't stand it. The FIA oh. is such a joke. What I oh, thought you were going to say, Sam, was I don't think you should be able to serve a penalty under a safety car pit. Oh, I that, that uh definitely yeah I agree with that. It's a it's a loophole in the rules, Stefano. You've got to have watched plenty of races to know that that's that shouldn't happen. That's a cheap penalty. That's like the equivalent of when in Saudi Arabia in 2021 when Max had to give the place back to Lewis and he gave it to him right before he got DRS so he could get DRS and overtake him. Like it's not in the spirit of the rules. You shouldn't be able to serve the penalty under a safety car. Yeah, I mean I'd agree with that. You definitely don't lose as much time when you serve it under a safety car but you know these these teams function on the edge of the rule sets and unless somebody higher up brings up uh the point that you can't serve a penalty 
uh, under a safety car, then there might be a rule change. But I think these teams actually prefer it that way. Here's my prediction, guys. I the, agree with you, Stefano. Yeah, no, I, I, they, they, the teams like it. Yeah, they, oh. they live, they live to find uh, loopholes in the rules. Oh, they do. They have. The, you should have heard it after the race. They're like the Aston Martin lawyers were all over that one, and they called them out. It's like they have lawyers going through the rule book. Like, not like, like, this isn't like the NFL where Bill Belichick knows all the rules. Like, they've got a law firm on staff that Lawrence Stroll yeah, they have on retainer ready to go. Literally on retainer, like, just like in all parts of it, just going through it. Here's my prediction, though. F1 has clearly gotten a lot more popular in the United States, and there's people who watch, like, a ton of sports that are getting into this. And... The FIA is going to have to start doing something because people are going to like lose interest with all these like discretionary like before it was kind of like, oh, like maybe you know, a bunch of European people didn't really pay attention like, oh, like poo poo, boo hoo, like whatever, like drink a glass of wine, having a cup of espresso and some pasta call it a day. Like now you've got like Americans like breathing down the neck of the sending like death this is- threats to Michael Massey, like stuff like that. Yeah. Like, well, allegedly, but you know, like it's, it's not good. And so I think you're just going to start to see more and more, maybe like, first off, I, I, we just need more transparency in the rule set. And yeah. like this whole like race director yeah. picking and choosing. It's like, it's like you got to have some criteria. Like why, why, why was that safety car deployed? Why there have been cars in I think far because they wanted Max to get back into the race quicker. That's why I'm, that's why I'm at, I mean, or they just want the race to be tighter for viewership, but like, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. I, so you I, know. Think, I think the reason why it was deployed, I think Martin Brundle explained it was that uh, they based the safety car deployment on like GPS locations of the cars on the tracks. And I think Lance Stroll's ca- uh, car was just enough on track. Yeah, that's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. That's crap. I don't buy that. I wouldn't buy that if I was, if that was a bottle of water and I was dying of thirst. I wouldn't buy that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They have cameras everywhere, they can just look. They did, so what are you telling me, Stefano, that they decide when the safety car comes in by looking at a computer screen with a bunch of numbers and dots? They must. I mean, no. that's what they're telling Martin Brundle, who's trying You're, to sell it to us. Absolutely not. I, I, I don't buy that. I wouldn't. Guys, this is this is the same. These are the same stewards and marshals that take 30 laps to determine a penalty for Fernando Alonso. And then they wait like an hour after the race to. Uh, you just made our entire point, Stefano. That it's I'm nonsensical. That, that, that whole segment just came full circle. Full circle. That was. It's honestly, it's it's infuriating. It's irritating, and it's disrespectful to the fans to to treat everybody this way. Um, I felt disrespected. I felt disrespected. You know, and you know, I felt disrespected. Fernando Alonso. He stood on a podium and sprayed everyone with champagne, and then got the trophy taken away from him, only to have it given back. They had, and then they sent uh like the replica trophy for like the own for, like the person's personal thing. They sent it to George Russell. George oh, Russell God. tweeted today he had the third place trophy, and he tweeted like, "Hey, uh, Fernando, like, what's your address?" You know what though, I I did see that Sam. That's insane. But you know what? Shout out DraftKings. Um, they honored one of our friends' bets who had Alonzo on podium right away before any of the they, drama of the nonsense. They yeah. paid it out the bet. And Matt, you had um, uh, Alonso to lead after the first lap. We had a we had a couple of the boys jump on that one. Another good yep. bet. 
That was a great bet. They paid yeah. that one out instantly. Paid it instantly. It was great. It was a really good experience. Um, and, you know, guys, I mean, we were talking about this, but, you know, the topic I want to talk about, Fernando Alonso, man. That Aston Martin and him, like, he feels one with that car. And so here's my question. We were talking about who can fight for the championship and blah, blah, blah. Like, is this Fernando Alonso's third place finish to lose at this point? Ahead of George Russell, Lewis Hamilton. I mean, they clearly have – that Aston Martin has, has the same Mercedes power unit. And granted, you got to say, like, all these teams are subject to reliability. But, like, he finished 11 seconds ahead of Lewis. Uh, Matt, it's a it's a fair question, and I'm sure betting odds would disagree with me. But I still, I still like Lewis Hamilton to be to finish ahead of Fernando Alonso. I'm just, I maybe I'm being way too optimistic, and I'm holding out too much hope for this concept change that's coming at Imola that's going to change everything. But I just, I mean, Mercedes, they're they're a dynasty. Like I just find it hard to believe that they're going to have two straight years where they're not going to find a recipe to be up at the top and competing for wins. And I think once that happens, you'll see the Mercedes be faster than the Aston Martin. And I just still believe Lewis is going to finish ahead of them. It's a bold, it's a bold prediction. Yeah. Two, two greats, two world champions, two, two competitors. And two Fernando looks people great. That hate each other. And two people who hate each other. Absolutely. Fernando does not like Lewis at all. See Spa last year. Um, it's a shame Stroll couldn't finish. It seemed like he had some solid pace. Um, you know, we're all rooting for Aston Martin this year. So uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed I enjoyed the race. I kind of loved. Um, it was weird, though, Sam. Fernando didn't seem to be fighting Max when he after the safety car restart. It was like coming down that straight, very un- and Alonzo-esque to just kind of not really defend. Stefano, what do you think about that? I think he knew that he was dead to rights in that straight. I mean, that Red Bull, Sam described that Red Bull as comically faster than the rest of the grid. And that was kind of evidenced when I, I Verstappen overtook, I think, Lewis um, on that on that starting straight. Yeah. He had DRS, which obviously helps, but... Um, the camera angle made it look like the rules of physics didn't apply to that Red Bull. I saw was, someone say that it looked like F1 versus F2. It was uh, David yeah, Croft yeah. said, yeah. He, and he said, in no disrespect to to the Mercedes F1 team, because it just he goes, it just goes to show you how much better that that Red Bull car is. Um, but you're right, Sam. Car. He passed right by him, and I think it was over George Russell, and they said that looks like F1 versus F2 right there. It was going. I saw that the the Red Bull DRS was like almost 20 miles an hour faster and more powerful than the Mercedes one. Like that's insane. insane. That's insane. insane. It's insane how much faster they're going. I mean, it, it just comes down to like how important aerodynamics are to the car. Like it's just insane how much faster that those those cars are. Um, although interesting comment from Lewis saying it was the fastest car he's seen, and he he got to drive. I think it was the W eleven. So it's. I like, think he meant like relative to the rest of the field, like not like around the, of all around time. The track. I was yeah. gonna say because of all time. I think I think this I think this RB nineteen is faster than W eleven. No way. 
way. I mean, I, we, we got, we should go back and look at like the difference in. You have to compare. So some I'm laps. glad you asked that because I was on Reddit today and I was looking this up and there was a pretty interesting graphic from, from 2000, I think 11. And it was Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton at Jeddah in uh, a safety car restart. And after the first lap of the safety car restart, both cars were 10 seconds ahead of the next car. What year was this? I think it was like 2011, 2014, maybe. It was the year Nico and... Um, I was say, they weren't teammates up. in 2011. Huh? Yeah. Might, I'm, I might be mixing them Matt up. Matt made the story up. No, I've got, I've got it right here. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, during the Mercedes years, that... 2014... Okay, yeah. Yep. I sense. misspoke on the years. I was getting the W11 and the W14 and the 2014. So Faux two pop. laps, excuse me, after the safety car restart in Bahrain of 2014, Hamilton was leading his teammate by 0.9 seconds. And then the next closest to Rosberg was Checo at 7.2 and then Hulkenberg at 8 seconds. Two laps. They put four seconds per lap in between them and the next two teams. And they were 8.4 seconds faster than Vettel and nine seconds faster than Ricardo in Red Bulls after two laps, after a safety car restart. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird year though. Cause Mercedes had everybody beaten and like, nobody could figure out like those brand new V6 turbos that year. I remember watching and it was just, just dreadful to watch. Kind of sounds mean, like this season. With they Red won Bull. 19. They won 19 of 21 races that year. Yeah. And they're claiming that this is the fastest car. I mean, this is statistically the slowest like model of cars. Well, in all they of have their two. They are two for two, Matt. Yeah, they are two for two. Um. Anyway, I mean, to, like, well, this is what I said though at the beginning of the season, guys. And Sam, you're you're no stranger to this. Mercedes is just a team that maybe right now isn't going to be fighting for race wins, but they're going to hang around. They're not going to have much reliability issues. They're going to scoop up their points. And if they can really unlock something at the midway point of the season, they have something that they could do. And they, what they need to have is Red Bull have a couple of missteps from here to the summer break. Um, and all they're going to do is hang around. And with Ferrari kind of out of the picture compared to them, like – they have a lot more points to go after than they did last year when they had to fight with Red Bull and Ferrari. Now they're just fighting with maybe one Aston Martin. They just got to hang around, man. Hang around. Yeah, it'll be an entirely unremarkable season for Mercedes, even if they win some races. Like, there's, it's not going to be a spectacle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But they'll finish high up there. They certainly will. And speaking of unremarkable, guys, um, new segment this week most impressive and least impressive drivers of the on the grid um coming out of jetta stefano i think you had proposed this um would love to to kick off this newest segment of who were you most impressed by and who were you the least impressed by and stefano since it was your idea why don't you kick us off with your your top two or your top one and your bottom one i think it's kind of a homer take to say checo is your most impressive but you know to almost lead every single lap of that race and to have your team almost like actively working against you for your teammate to finish ahead of you, uh, it takes a really, really good drive to to win. And unfortunately, you got pipped at the last lap for fastest lap, but uh, really impressive drive. 
Really impressive pole position. Great weekend all around from Checo. Um, least impressive, definitely Lando Norris. Uh, yeah. Right down at the back of the grid, entirely his own fault with that shunt in qualifying. I don't know what he was doing to just put the car, I think the front left suspension into the wall on that turn. I forget which one. Um, but completely unforced error, not characteristic of Lando at all. I don't know what he was doing. Um, this isn't to say that he's hampered by a terrible car, which he is, but he should be doing much better. Very, very disappointing weekend from Lando Norris. Yeah, I, I can't couldn't agree more. Like something's up with that McLaren. It's so bad. It's, it's the new it's, it's, it's they're they're the new concept for McLaren apparently is to just have a rolling advertisement board. Yeah, they seriously. They seem, to, they seem to not care about performance, but they keep tweeting and posting on Instagram all these new sponsors that they get to put on the car. It's disgraceful to a team like McLaren. Not only do they not seem to care about performance, their their sponsors don't seem to care either. Because they keep racking up new ones. Did you see did you see who's the official CRM partner of McLaren? Yeah. Salesforce is on board. Nice. Expect anything different? They're just they're just like big techs like wonderkind. It's like crazy. I just don't get it. They've got like Chrome and they've got, you know, Android Auto. Google Wheels. Google Wheels. And they've got YouTube dashboard. And they've got Salesforce on the wing. It's just like it's like the Silicon Valley McLaren. It's just, it's crazy. Next thing you know, they're going to pick up Silicon Valley Bank as their like next sponsor of their like side pods or something. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's disappointing on because this is not McLaren that I grew up with. It's, it's not, this isn't your older brother's McLaren. Anymore, no, it's you know? not. This is Zach Brown's, you know, terrible. Man, Zach Brown needs to get lost, dude. I mean, it would be hard to lose a guy like that. You'd hear him coming a mile away. All right, Sam, who do you uh, who do you have for your top driver and your bottom driver of the week? Well, look, tough to argue with Stefano's top driver. I mean, Sergio Perez, Checo, what a weekend! And Stefano made a great point. It's like he's not only um, facing off against the rest of the grid; he's facing off against his team, Joe's Verstappen. I mean, it's everybody against Checo at this point. Um, him against the world. He's got his whole teammate a team against him, trying to sabotage him. So he was fantastic, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, I think both McLaren sucked. I mean, the two people that stood out were Checo and Lando. I mean, Bottas had a terrible weekend, finishing in last of the people who actually finished the race. Um, so he was pretty terrible, too. I thought, you know, George Russell had a had a, a good weekend. He seemed like he had good control over the Mercedes. Clearly a lot more than Lewis had. And I think I saw Lewis make a couple of comments uh, giving George some praise because he's like, he's got way better control of this car than I do. Um, so he had a good weekend too. I think, I think we can lump a couple more into here. I think Ferrari as a team, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like the strategists in the pit, the pit lane. Um, they started brightly with that great dummy for Carlos Sainz to get strolled a pit. That, that was, was a sick dummy. That was yeah, dope. they they really flexed there, but then they just they just dropped the bag when they pitted both drivers for fucking hards. The like, dummy, the really, dummy was the dummy was sick though. That was a yeah, great. They, they, re- they did that dummy really well. 
I was really happy. Fred Vasor has been playing a lot of F1 manager uh, in the offseason. He, he's, been working, he's been working on that one. He's been in the simulator. He's been hitting the simulator very hard. Um, no, it's true. I mean, it, you know, it is hard to say. Like, check out in a fantastic race. Um, after the safety car restart, he was still able to pull ahead of Alonzo. He was matching the pace of Max, who looked all weekend to be absolutely dominant um, in FP1 through 3, even in Q1 before he had the reliability issue. So, like, for Checo, he, he came out and had a great race. I can't really disagree with you. The McLarens looked terrible. Terrible. It's, it's like, sad to watch. Um, for me, I, I mean, you know... I, I'm not going to disagree with you guys. Checo had a phenomenal race, but the fact that Max made up 13 places on a street circuit, it's like, it was, that was the most impressive thing that I've seen to go from 15th to second. Um, Aided by a total BS safety car. A BS safety car. He still would have ended a P2. Yeah, I think he would have still made it up there. It was a joke. Let's I mean, be honest. He made up, he put a 15 second gap between him and Fernando and a 15, a five, another 20 second gap between him and George Russell. But like, couldn't cut down that gap to Checo. Yeah, great race by Checo. Checo manages tires well. He raced really well, but to go from P15 to second uh, at Jetta is is highly, highly impressive. Um, I think for me, the the least impressive, you know, not that it's least impressive, just sort of the weekend. I mean, you guys had hit some pretty obvious ones. I think I was a little bit more disappointed with Logan Sargent. You know, he was, he had some really strong pace. I think over the weekend in qualifying, he was, he was almost overdriving a little bit. And he got screwed in his qualifying though, with with getting his track time deleted. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, the rules are the rules on that one, but I'm with you, Sam. Like he, he, like he didn't even need to do that. He would have posted a great, great time. He just, I don't know. Not that he was like bad. He just like it was probably more of my most disappointed racer this weekend. Um, still love Logan Sargent, American made, you know, born in the USA, all of the above. Um rooting for him in Albert Park. Can't wait. But yeah, that that's kind of what I got. I mean, you know, second to last topic, um, the hunt for the golden ass. Guys, the hunt for the golden ass. Um, for our new listeners yep. and our recurring listeners, we're tracking who has the most predictions correct for race winner this season. And at the end of the season, whoever gets the most correct, we make all of our predictions um, early in the week, pre-race weekend, before practice. We do the only podcast that does it before the practice sessions. Once you see the cars on track, it's much easier to predict what's going to happen once they're going onto the track. Um, we're tracking everybody's P1 this week, guys. Bad show. <laughs> All three bad, of us got show. it wrong. Nobody got it right. Sam, you had Chuck. I had Max. Stefano, you had Chuck. Uh, nobody got it right. Um, so the leaders still, Matt and Stefano, are leading at 1-0 and apiece with both picking Max in Bahrain, Sam 0-1. Long season to go. Um, I just decided tiebreaker will be who gets P2 most correct so if it goes to a tiebreaker it will go down to see who got like who was in second the most um don't worry guys nobody got it right this week and if then you go to third nobody except for stefano got that right with alonzo so many many tiebreakers but um i would have already been winning with the bahrain tiebreaker so it'll go all the way back to the beginning um but yeah the hunt for the golden ass is on it's a wide open race um 
Me and Stefano tied first. Sam, you had a monster matchup that weekend per usual. I think you went what three and one on uh, matchups. It was, th- it was it was three and two. Um, but hit my best bet with Ocon over Gasly. Um, all the boys are profitable, so it was yeah, it was good week. Any weekend you have a winning record is a good weekend in this industry. Ocon over Gasly was such like a nail biter too because he only won by like one point nine seconds. Yeah, he had it in the bag. He had it in the bag. He had it in the bag, but I just mean, like, that was such a bold call. Like, it's not, like, one of those obvious ones where, like, somebody's, like, super far out of the way. Um, But, yeah, and um, last topic of the week, Red Bull. I can't believe it's taking us this long to get to this, Matt. Oracle Red Bull Racing. You got to leave the listeners hanging, wanting something more, Sam. Oracle Red Bull Racing Honda Powertrain. Tension? What? You guys seem to be thinking that there's like high tension in the Red Bull paddock following the second race of the season in a 23 race season. So the floor is yours, boys, because you know where I stand. You know, I'm going to take the complete opposite side of this. So I, I personally, I guess I'll kick it off. The whole drama and talking about sabotaging Checo and he wants to blah, 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 blah. Both drivers were told to manage the 33-0. That's what they were told to do. Neither one of them listened. Checo asked if Max... Checo did did the the first lap. Checo did. Asked him if Max was being told to do the same. Said yes. And then he said, what was his lap? 32-6. And then he went to 32-6. And then Max went to 32-6. And then Max asked... What's the fastest lap? And they said, we're not concerned about that. He says, well, he is. I agree. I would be too if I'm fighting for every point. And in 2021, my competitor could have, I could have beaten them by one when it came down to that last race. I would also be concerned with every single point. It's not like he said, Checo's got it and he's giving it to him. It was, who's got it? And maybe a little fishy to not tell Checo who got the fastest lap, but it's not like they were telling him, Hey, we're going for fastest lap. And then Max said, screw that. I'm going for fast lap. These guys are competing, man. Like this is like Matt, okay, Matt, rainbows and thing. butterflies in the paddock. Matt, here's the thing. I agree. They're about to compete. Max isn't ready to fight Checo. He doesn't want to. The last two years, Checo had to play second fiddle to him. Every single strategy went to Max. They gave Checo always the alternate strategy that would put Max in the better position. It happened, I mean, how many times last year? Where they Less screwed, than half the time. Where they screwed they Checo over to give Max the win. They did. It's It's been the precedent. So it's this early in the season. Checo gets his W, and he's right there. And Max is feeling, hmm, I'm, he, he's starting to sense the only person he's fighting this year is Checo, and he doesn't like it. And he doesn't like it. And at the same time, Checo is ready to fight for a championship. And he senses, I've got the car to do this. I'm not backing down. We are going to see some tension this year. It's ah, This is, is manufactured drama. There is no question that we are going to see some tension this year. Max does not want to fight Checo. And Checo isn't backing down. That's a recipe for disaster. We saw it with his scumbag dad after the race. We saw it. We saw Joseph Verstappen be give Checo the cold shoulder while the whole Red Bull team is cheering and going nuts and celebrating with Checo. Why is Joseph Verstappen even there? Get in the friggin' bleachers, buddy. Joseph Verstappen ignores them. We get an alternate angle that people are showing on 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 Twitter of Joe shaking his hand. 
after he already cold-shouldered him. That was BS. Joe's Verstappen showed us what Max is thinking inside. He's not Sam, what rant are you he's on? Not, Which he's rant not are you happy. on? Are you on the Joe's Verstappen shouldn't be in the paddock rant? Or are you on the Max and Ted Check? Like, which pick a rant so we can like follow along with where you're going? Is it that they're going to compete and there's going to be high tension? Is it that Checo doesn't want to lose? Is it that Max oh, doesn't hey, want to win? Is it that Joe's is an asshole? Let me like, sum it pick up. Pick a thread so we up. can talk about it. Let me sum it up. Checo is going to fight Max, and there's going to be a lot of tension this year. And and. Max should not think that Checo is going to back down like he's done the last two years. And on top of that, Joseph Verstappen is a scumbag and shouldn't okay. be in the past. So where do you want me to start? Because you're telling me that the only reason Max won last year was because Checo backed That's not what off? I'm saying. That's not no. what I'm saying. That's just what you said. You said no, he, ba- he said he's saying not backing he, down this he year, made Max's, he backed down last year. There is no arguing that he made Max's life very easy the past two years with how he played second fiddle to him and how he was always given the alternate strategy. So did he choose and how Max to play second favored. fiddle to him or did he actually play second fiddle? Which one is it? Because he can't he can't choose and make Max's life easy. That means he's making a choice to not race him. Or was Max better than him? Like, which one is it? Because he can't be both. And the alternate strategies, if why you can go back and tell why me. Why can't it be both? I can't be both. He either was going to race him last year and he was capable of doing it, or he, and that means he didn't make Max life's easier, or he didn't have the pace, which let's not forget the two of you went on a rant for the second half of the season of Checo poor form, Checo poor form. He did so was poor he poor form, form, he did form or was it that he was backing off to help Look, his team? He did have poor form. He you did have poor form and, he, and he's on form right now. He was, dude, we all saw it. Even after the safety car, when Max got up there and was in second, and it was just yeah. them two at the top, and it and he it, matched his teammate. He had a great listen, race. He, it, he did very well. Matt, he, listen, a, he raced became, very well. It became very, very apparent to everyone watching that Max was not going to settle for second. And even though his team yeah. was trying to tell him to back off and manage and go 33-0, we knew he was, ch- was going to chase Checo. And Checo held him off. Yeah, I Checo never said that. He he raced a very good race. I've said it many, many times. He matched Max's race pace. And and I guess I'm so lost. Stefano, if you're a second, if you're a racing driver and your name is Max Verstappen, if your name is Lewis Hamilton, if your name is Michael Schumacher, Schumacher Ayrton Senna, and you're in second to your teammate, is it like as a race fan, number two? Race back number two. Off? Race number two after you won the first race. So you just you want you just want roses and butterflies. Like you wanted Alonso fighting with Max at Spa last year, and you were pissed that nobody was fighting with him in the midfield. And now, like you want Max to back off to give Checo the win. Like, like these guys are racing each other. They want to win. And like, yeah, I, I'll be very honest with you. This season is only going to be fun if Checo can Max match Max because right now. There's nobody else on the grid that's going to fight either of these Red Bulls. But, like, Max beat his teammate by 12 seconds in Bahrain. Like, he, yes, Checo raced a great race. Nobody could take that away from him. He matched Max's lap times. But what do you want Max to do? Like, he's a world champion. He wants to be the best. Like, if this is Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg or Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas or anyone else, like, you want them to just be like, yeah, nice job. Like, Lewis last year hates losing to his teammate. Like, what do you want these guys to do? Like, I actually am genuinely asking, what did you want Max to do? Try and not win? No, maybe just be a little more graceful at the end of the race. Okay. And, and the comments he was making were like, 
He's, I should have won, all this stuff. He should have won. He's right. If his team didn't have reliability issues, he should have won that race. He shouldn't have started in 15th. Do you disagree that he, if he started on pole, do you think he loses to Checo? Well, I don't even know if he gets pole. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. to say. Okay, give me Checo a break. Put, up, put in a major, like a, a, a major lap and earned that, and we don't know that Max was going to match that. Okay. If we're gonna have this conversation, then I don't even I don't even know what what we're we're Matt, doing. You're in for the fight of your life. We're all in on Checo. I mean, <laughs> Stefano, what do you feel like? What's what is your stance here? God, I I want I I like I agree with both of you guys because let's, I mean I I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Matt's right. It's a competition. You have to win, but at the same time, Sam is right because Max acts like a fucking prick. Whenever he doesn't get his way, I'll give not, Sam that. He acts not, like a little twat. Not only that, but he has his twat father in the paddock, influencing all kinds of things. Who will also sound off anytime Max doesn't get his way or doesn't finish as high as he thinks Max should finish. I think the source of our consternation with Max is his poor attitude and just his the Verstappen family just trying its damnness to make it. Not Team Red Bull, but Team Max. Um, exactly. Amen, Stefano. I think Max probably would have won without the reliability issues in Quali. Um, I don't want to get into the conversation of of pole laps um, between him. Oh, and don't Jack. worry, I will because Max's Q one lap was one tenth off of Checo's Q two lap. And then his Q1 lap was only, it was one point, nope, it was 0.5 off. And wow, so he was Max pretty far off. In Q1, in Q1 on talking? old softs. And so that is, do you that see? That isn't what you just said literally didn't prove anything. I'm saying his Q1 lap being only a half of a tenth away from being Checo's fastest lap of all three qualifyings, Max did one run. And then he had a reliability issue and he was only 0.5 seconds off of his teammate. Yeah. But you're also discounting uh Checo finding something in that car too. Yeah, I am. But I'm just saying Max's fastest lap over the entire race. See, this is like Max Verstappen fan syndrome. He can't, he, he can't even admit that someone could have been faster than him. He wasn't going to be, it was very, very clear. He was not going to be slower than his teammate. That's because he didn't have to go any faster. He knew he had the rest of the field beat. Exactly. He, didn't about, he didn't have to worry about my point. Uh, my point is you shouldn't just like, like first off Checo playing second fiddle and being poor form and getting absolutely his doors blown in by his teammate last year. Like he doesn't like you guys are right. Max can be a little bit rough around the edges and it's kind of makes him unlikable. But like, I also feel like so many people just want to hate him. And so they see him like being like mad, like I should have won the race. Yeah. If I'm a race driver, I don't care if I'm a champion and if I've won 16 out of my last 22 races and the only reason I had to go, I finished second was because I had to make up 13 places, I would be mad. Sam, if you would be was, mad. Matt, if this was like race like 16, I would totally agree with you and I think it would be a different story. It's the fact that it's so early in the season and he came in second. He can't just act like happy for his teammate for five minutes and no, be like, because these was guys, great. no, this was a great team result. No, because these guys, he said it over the team radio. Yeah, it was a, a great twat. team result. These guys know that 
every single race and every single point matters. See 2021. Guys, you know what this Try to lump in like Lewis and these other guys acting the way Max does. Oh, you mean like when Lewis threw the hat at Nico when he beat his teammate? Come on, man. Like these guys. It was the other way around. These guys, like you acting like. Like uh, Lewis has been like the most great. He was pissed hey, Matt, last year like be- the memes, being beaten. Like the memes of of Hamilton's dad and Checo's dad and their reactions post races compared to Joe's Verstappen. So you got a kick out of those. Yeah, I got a kick. Out of those. I agree though. Like the fact that Joe's is still like in the paddock, it does make it feel like it's like Max Bull racing instead of Red Bull racing, which I'm it's not a disgusting. Big fan. It's gross. I have one the guy manufactured drama for the sake of it. Let's no not forget that Joe's Verstappen beat his wife. That's alleged, Sam. This is, a clean, this is a clean podcast. Uh, Checo Perez, though, versus Max is the only storyline we have left the season. So I'll say that. Not like, yet. That's the only storyline we have left. Yeah, well, let's wait on these Mer- this Mercedes that's concept change. Dream. That's a pipe dream, man. Guys. That's a pipe dream. I just had this thought where this like worrying over like one singular fastest lap point kind of makes me think that the Red Bull drivers are a little bit on edge um, when it comes to like the, the wind tunnel penalties affecting their car soon. No question. These guys are totally on The cars may in the next few races start to feel the effects of a lack of wind tunnel testing. So maybe there's some nerves creeping into the Red Bull. Camp. It's that, and it's Max being on edge, like, oh shit, I, there's another person who's going to challenge me this year. Yeah, the the street <laughs> king, Michael Perez. The next five races: uh, Albert Park, um, Azerbaijan, and Monaco are all street circuits. So three out of the next five races. These three, these Perez. next three races are going to be big. Let's see. I can't let's wait. I can't wait because if I we can't if wait we're going into race Max six. Beat. If we're going into race six and Checo is within like a couple points of him, it's going to be. going to be, dude. They're going to be one and two. There's yeah. going to be nobody between the two Red Bulls to like keep a buffer of points between them. Matt, let me ask you this. Does like, it, do you, do you get any sense that Checo is going to be reacting to being playing second fiddle the same way he has over prior years based off these first two races? Cause I don't. Dude, I don't get what your question even is. Okay. Like a right. year and a half ago, we were like, Checo's so pumped to be on Red Bull because he's in finally a fast car. And, he and then last year, he blah, 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 blah. And last year, he finished third. But he was started to get pretty upset at times in the second half. Yeah, of the and you know what? It is very difficult. And that's why Valtteri Bottas left Mercedes. It can be very difficult to be the number two driver in a team. And when you get a taste of victory... Yeah, I agree. You're going to start to change. That goes right back to the like, oh, should Max so, like... Yeah, the answer to my question was yes. You act like I was crazy and it was what? a valid question. The answer was yes. What? That he's he clearly is, is having a different reaction right now to being that the number two driver than he is than he has previously had. Yeah, he has a he is having an adverse reaction to that, but I don't think that that's going to matter for Max. Okay, we'll see. Like, uh, it would be stupid if Checo was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, like, done playing second fiddle. But, like, he also is racing against Max. It would be like if you plugged in Lewis in the same car. Like, yeah, I think Checo would be pissed at playing second fiddle. Like, I don't think that that makes Max or, like, Lewis or anyone else, like, an asshole. I think it's just, like, or Checo. But, like, I also think, like, 
Checo matching Max's pace at Jeddah after losing 12 seconds to him at Bahrain. Like, I don't think that says anything either. Like, I just think it's just kind of like, yeah, like he's in a Red Bull and he's competing and he's second fastest and Max doesn't want to give up any points to anybody. He wants all the points. And if he can't look, win, Matt, if there ends up the being if there ends up being no drama the rest of the season and it's just like smooth sailing for Max, no t- inner team dissension, no rumors. What do you of, mean by drama? Up, Matt, Matt, let me finish. Then you'll be right. Then you'll be right. What do you so my mean prediction by drama? is there will that the other other side of that will happen and they'll okay and who cares be rumblings that Checo's not happy and there's going to be some stuff that happens there's already rumblings he's not happy you said it last year you were like he's pissed and you said it at brazil and you said it in saudi arabia and you said he said it that he's the only reason max won the driving straight like i don't like the well, prediction doesn't make any so sense there is team dissension yeah Checo doesn't but like i don't get what that matters to anything I can't wait. There was team dissension last year, and he was like a hundred. Beginning of the segment, you said it was all fake news, and it wasn't real. It's manufactured drama that like Max is like. But it's real drama. There's actual team dissension. There. Okay. You just said it. You said it. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, okay. Like, two drivers who are competing for a a championship. For two drivers competing for a championship in fast cars, both want to win the championship. Sure, that is true. I don't think that that means like Max is, you would start off saying like Max doesn't, he's all worried. He's all worried about winning and beating. He is not worried at all. He wants to win every race. He deserves to win every race. He's better than his teammate. He had to make up 13 places because of a car that should have been reliable. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. I want the fastest lap. I want every single point. I'm not here to share. Yes, it's a team. He got the one, two victory. Like that's the manufactured drama. Like he wants to win. You so does Checo. Track. Checo wants to win. Like, that's it. Like, I don't really know what you want. Like, he's either poor form and giving Mac, or he's giving Max the win. Like, it, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I hope there's drama, and I hope there's a big race because then I'll make my prediction that Danny Ricardo goes into the race car faster, and I'll be right again. It'll be another check in the Matt was right column for the 2023 predictions. Predicted Max to win the drivers. Check. Predicted Checo to be out of the car. Check. Predicted. Danny Ricardo, check. Predicted Ferrari to be fourth, check. There'll just be more checks for Matt. Sam, while we wait for Matt to catch his breath, uh, I think him cosplaying as Lawrence Stroll for this episode has really emboldened him to just like lean into this villain role that he's taken over the past few episodes. Um, I like I like this Matt, the one that just argues in circles and then ends up just agreeing with my point at the end, um, thinking Matt. that he thinking that he was right. Just sure, that's himself. how your it's, brain wants to try. It was uh, that was it. That was a very fine. entertaining self mousetrap um, that what? we just saw, Matt. What what yeah. race? If you say do we it think... one more time. You get the bingo card. What race do we think that there's going to be a racing incident between Checo and Max? Probably according to Matt. Probably never. Probably Australia. I'm very excited for the first one. That the episode yeah. after that will be will be fun. Matt will tell us that it's manufactured fake drama. It is, yeah. yeah. And then agree, and then purpose. agree at the end that it, there actually is some team dissension. You can't just call everything team dissension because Max wants to win the race, Sam. Well, I think Sam I think the Red Bull's history Sam's put of, all nineteen descent. put nineteen of twenty drivers on his list of people to win, and. You just want to like hate Max more than you want to like like F one. I think that's kind of what your brand has turned into. But hey, guys, who knows? He's, like, he's we're about to for, see what's going to happen in Australia. 
Well, when when he pulls stunts, when him and his dad pull stunts like they did this weekend, yeah, they forced my hand. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you don't want to fold them. Of making their drivers very hateable with they the do it's, in their team. Yeah, and you know what? Right on, brother. Guys, any final thoughts of the week of Jetta before we we close out? No, the only thing I'd say is I'm very, very bummed that we have to wait another week for a race. Yeah. I wish that we had another one this weekend. And but one a.m. Yeah, and a one yeah a. it's gonna be it's gonna be a late one. I can't wait to talk Australia next week. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be incredible week from this Saturday night. That's actually kind of sick. I forget it's a Saturday night race for us because it's one in the morning Sunday. Yeah, instead of uh, having a cup of espresso, we get to crack open a few brews uh, and enjoy the night with a race. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Fire hell it yeah, up. Yeah, brother. Fire, Fire it up. up. Love you.